Cage the Ghost Chapter 3 The Soldier Diamond halos on our heads and combats on our feet Made without a silver spoon, not richer than the kings Roaming through the underground so we remain unseen Don't tell us who to be Rebels of the leash What do we have to lose? Reaper falls Reyes taps on his bars and Reaper finally snaps. The rhythm, the tapping, the smug look the ghost of a dead man gives him. Time. Everything. Reaper has had enough. His hand snakes out, lightning quick, and he wraps his claws into Reyes's shirt front and yanks the man forward and into the bars of the cage. Reyes's head connects, and it makes a painful-sounding clang. Reaper barely even registers the grim pleasure of it, because he has finally, finally stopped the tapping. He growls at Reyes as the ghost's hands try to find purchase around his arm. He loosens his grip imperceptibly, then he wrenches Reyes forward again. The clang as his head hits the bars is music to Reaper's ears— some enjoyment in this hellish landscape he is being forced to endure. He smiles. But it promptly melts off his face when he realizes that Reyes is laughing. The man only laughs harder when their eyes finally meet, and he quickly divulges into a wheezing, coughing fit as Reaper wraps his other arm through the bars around Reyes's neck and squeezes. Reaper knows he shouldn't engage, knows he should just ignore this ghost inhabiting half his mind and projecting himself into Reaper's own. Probably just a malfunction, he tells himself, or a dream. But it was too much. He feels like he's been chewed up and spat out, then dug up and gnawed on again by a dog hungry enough to try and eat a long-buried bone. There is no sign of it letting up. He feels overwhelmed, exhausted, and he's only just lived through Reza's childhood. What the hell is the rest of it going to be like? Reyes laughs and laughs and refuses to run out of breath, even as Reaper squeezes so hard any normal human's head would be mush. So, he couldn't kill a ghost. Maybe he could reason with it. Reaper loosens his grip just an inch, feeling Reyes stiffen his muscles in anticipation of the next blow. It doesn't come, though. Where are we going next? He hisses into Reyes's ear. Reyes relaxes and then shrugs. What makes you think I have any idea? Because you told me to brace myself last time I fell into your shitty life. Only because I knew my life was shitty for a good six years after my mother died. Reaper is silent for a moment. So what? He finally mutters in a deathly quiet voice. He don't want me to get hurt. He can feel the disdain radiating off Reyes. 
I don't give a shit about you. I just didn't want you to do anything stupid. And what's stopping me now? Well, I wager you want to actually have a chance to exist in the future, so that might be a pretty good reason to not completely fuck up my life. Reaper clenches his jaw. Is that what he wants? Why should he care? He feels as though he hovers on the edge of that building again, and again he steps backwards. Doesn't quite feel like examining the answers to those questions. Coward. What happens next? He repeats through gritted teeth. Reyes relaxes his grip on Reaper's arm, and Reaper thinks that finally the ghost might see some sense, and they could get through this together. Because as much as Reaper hates him, Reyes would be useful. His own muscles relax in response, and he opens his mouth to repeat his question. Reyes moves, reverses the grip on his neck, and grabs a hold of Reaper's arm, twisting as he pulls forward. Reaper's head hits the metal bars with a clang that would have been painful had they been anywhere else but a timeless plane of existence. Reaper finds his face, his face, old and scarred and missing half the jaw, squished up against the cool iron bars, Reyes's eyes an inch away from his own. He's too shocked to struggle. What happens next is you toughen up and become a soldier. Reyes grins at Reaper as he tries to jerk back from the bars, but finds himself unable to move in Reyes's iron grip. His stomach starts to sink as he glimpses the sparks of madness in Reyes's eyes. Time to save the world. The ghost lets Reaper go, just as the colors finally start to bleed back in. He slams back into reality back into time. His arm presses against a windpipe. He's breathing hard, sweat pouring down his face. His muscles quiver with the effort it takes to hold the body down on the mat. Wrestling mat? Reaper glances at the face of the person he is holding in submission, but who has yet to tap out. He nearly lets go in surprise. Blue. Blue eyes, a smattering of freckles are dusted across the nose. Face red and sweaty, young, blonde hair, muscles yet to fill out. Jack Morrison. Reaper would know that face anywhere. Has seen it in the news files in tributes to Overwatch to his dead legacy. He's seen it everywhere, and now he's cutting off the oxygen to it. Reaper smiles. Oh! The voice of Reyes comes from beside him, and out of the corner of his eye, Reaper sees the ghost squatting down and looking between him and Jack. He taps the rhythm out on the wrestling mat. You finally get to meet Jack. Reaper, this is Jack. Jack, meet the AI that stole my dead body and now tries to kill everything he touches. We're falling through time at the moment. Shut up, growls Reaper. I haven't said anything, Morrison wheezes from underneath him. Fuck. At least that answers the question as to whether anyone else can hear the ghost. A vague thought crosses Reaper's mind. 
What if he killed Morrison now? Reyes would be court-martialed, thrown into jail to rot. Overwatch wouldn't exist, at least not in the way it had with him leading it. Would the Omnics win? Would he exist? Reaper doesn't- Morrison snaps his palm up and into Reaper's nose while he isn't paying attention. He sees a brief flash of white before the pain blooms, his grip loosening in surprise for just an instant. It's all Morrison needs, and suddenly Reaper finds his position reversed. Reyes howls with laughter beside him. <laughs> oh, there's something so satisfying about watching yourself get punched in the face. Reaper tunes him out, concentrates on the arm pinning him down and the weight atop his chest. Oh shit, he hears from above him. My bad, Reyes. The voice is strained with the effort it is taking to hold Reaper's body down. Reaper has no idea what he's talking about. He thinks about this for a moment and then relaxes his body completely, letting go of his muscles, the tension, everything. Strange that he can do that. Morrison thinks it's strange, too, because he relaxes in response, perhaps thinking Reaper has given up. He moves leg back, he kicks, using his thighs to take the brunt of the weight until he is able to kick Morrison's leg out from underneath him. He hears a huff of breath, and then he's twisting Morrison's arm behind his back and forcing him down into the mat with nowhere else to go. He waits while Morrison grunts underneath him, trying to find purchase to flip him back around. Reaper doesn't give him an opening. Morrison taps the mat. Reaper thinks about breaking Morrison's arm. It is little more than he deserves. But, in a moment of weakness, he lets go, springing up and as far away from Morrison as a mat will let him go. He tries hard, but not too hard, not to let his revulsion show on his face. He looks around. Men and women in training sweatpants and shirts have gathered around the mat, most of them are cheering, and a couple come pat him on the back. He shrugs off their touch and wipes an arm across his nose and mouth, trying to wipe away the sweat. His arm comes away with a red smear. Damn, he got me good. Reyes squints in front of his face, examining Reaper's nose with a frown. Reaper looks away from the ghost and straight into... Morrison's regretful blue eyes. He grits his teeth and barely contains a growl as his nostrils flare. Ah, mistake. That hurts. Why did this body just do things? Why does he have no control? Was there nowhere he could be at peace? Why couldn't time dump him in a moment when Reyes was asleep but Oh no, it just has to be crippling depression there, and Jack fucking Morrison here. Jeez, you need to lighten up. It looks like you're trying to murder him with ESP or some shit. Reyes looks between the two of them like he's watching a tennis match. Reaper huffs out a breath and quickly realizes his nose is still bleeding. Stupid. Human problems. He turns from both of his ghosts and begins to stalk 
towards a sign for the locker rooms. He skirts around the other rustling mats, the recruits on them being watched over by officers and plain-clothed civilians scribbling on tablets. A couple of the watching recruits glance at him, but they quickly turn away when they see his face. Reaper pushes his way into the locker room and stops. It's a big locker room. A lot of soldiers, apparently. Oh, man. I don't even know whether I remember where my locker is. Reyes taps his rhythm against a red-painted locker, identical to about two hundred others lining the walls. Reaper prowls along the lockers, looking at the last names, hoping he won't be here for much longer. He finds himself wishing the colors would start bleeding again, just so he could get out of this shitty point in time and not think about how he could have just murdered Jack Morrison. Could have wrapped his arms around his pretty neck, squeezed. But no, he had let him go. After being punched in the face. A second source of tapping has joined Reyes's ceaseless noise. Reaper glances towards the sound and realizes his own hand has started drumming the rhythm onto the lockers. He curls his fingers into a fist and slams it into the locker. The tapping pauses. Where is a sink? Reaper asks the ghost through gritted teeth. At the back. Reyes's hand is poised above the lockers, but he nods towards the back of the room. You know, he says, as he begins the tapping again, following Reaper down the long rows of lockers. You have a shot to change fate, to change time. You could, like, not be an asshole for the first couple of weeks of SCP. Reaper finds a row of sinks and turns on a tap before looking up and into the mirror. He has a face. He blinks. His face blinks back. It captivates him. Shaved head, smooth skin, not yet pockmarked by too many years of combat and war. He has one of the old scars already, or new scars. It looks to be recent. He wonders how he got it. He's also young, really young, and kind of scrawny. Pre-enhancements, then. His nose is just a little swollen, but he doesn't think it's broken. If he had nanites, he could have just remade it, but then he'd also be in more pain than he was now. Blood has drifted down to his chin, no beard yet, and it makes him look even younger. Reaper does the maths. He must be in his mid-twenties. Quite the looker, aren't I? Reyes wiggles his eyebrows over Reaper's shoulder. He wears the same face as Reaper. You're welcome, by the way. Reaper splashes water over his face, trying to drown out Reyes's incessant talking. He manages to wipe most of the blood off, wincing a little when he accidentally brushes against the nose. He wonders when the colors will start to bleed out again. It's taking longer than usual. The rhythm of the fall seems interrupted. But there's always that other 
rhythm. The one his ghost is tapping unceasingly. Reyes! The voice huffs from behind him. Reaper lifts his eyes back up to the mirror, carefully ignoring the ghost behind his left shoulder and turning his attention to Jack fucking Morrison. His eyes narrow. Hey, man, Morrison looks anxious. He bites his lip before he continues. I just wanted to apologize for hitting you on the mat. Didn't realize my hand was fuck off. Reaper makes sure to put as much of the anger boiling in his stomach into those two words as he can. He's not quite sure if it's his own anger either, and that just makes him matter. Reyes snorts from behind him. Morrison's mouth opens. Shuts. His head tilts ever so slightly to the side as his eyes flick down. The tapping continues against porcelain. The running water in the sink drowns it out a little. Reaper curls his hands into fists on either side of the sink. The tapping stops. Reaper shuts his eyes. When he opens them, Morrison and the ghost behind him are both gone. He is alone. The colors bleed. You will be assigned a partner. You will be responsible for your partner. If anything happens to your partner, notify medical staff immediately. The officer paces up and down the lines of recruits. There are about fifty of them. They all stand at attention. Reyes slouches next to Reaper, with his arms crossed. He looks at the officer with something akin to distaste. Out of the corner of his eye, Reaper sees a flash of blonde, three soldiers down. He fights the urge to roll his eyes. Reyes's memories would be pretty useful right about now, but he didn't seem inclined to share them with Reaper, and he has yet to think of a way to force him to share. Reyes seems fickle, and more than a little unhinged. That might be a side effect of an AI taking over his body, but that didn't really make any sense. By all accounts, Reyes should be dead. Obviously, that wasn't the case, so Reaper would just have to deal with his ghost. The officer is checking off pairs on her clipboard. Morrison and Reyes, O'Harrell and Diaz, Lee and... Reaper closes his eyes briefly. Fucking typical. When he opens them, Reyes smirks at him. You may as well make friends with the Jack. You get stuck with him for the next twenty fucking years or so. Reaper fights the urge to reply with sarcasm. Oh, yes, make friends with Morrison. The man Reaper is tasked with hunting down at the end of all of this, who eventually leads Overwatch to its doom, the man who stole what was rightfully Reyes's. Reaper had read the newsreels, tried to piece together the life of a man who had effectively become a ghost while still living, a man who had saved the world and then been written out of the history books. That grates a little on him, too. Why is Reyes acting so casual in all of this? 
almost as though he didn't hate Jack for everything that happens. I don't hate him, if that's what you're thinking. Reyes shrugs and grins a little as Reaper's jaw clenches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I should, right? Because that's what all the newsreels said. Resentment brewed for years, made us blind to what Overwatch had become. I'm not going to say he wasn't an idiot towards the end, because he was. So caught up in himself and what he thought Overwatch still was that he was blind to what it had become. Reyes sighs. But so was I. I knew about Talon's infiltrations, and I didn't show him what was under his nose until it was too late. Too proud and bitter. Blackwatch was compromised. Zurich happened. Then you should have just stayed dead. The thought flits across Reaper's mind, and he fights the urge to frown. He had been inserted into Reyes's broken body in an effort to control the nanites that had swarmed out of control. Reyes was dead, and he was in control. Is in control. Hey, partner. A blonde head phases in through Reyes's ghostly form. His hands twitch, and Reaper fights the urge to punch it. Control. Instead, Reaper turns and begins to walk away, hopefully towards his room. Some kind of room. Anywhere that didn't have Jack Morrison in the vicinity. Uh, the voice behind him keeps pace. Reaper glances behind him at Morrison's apologetic face. He points in the other direction. The rooms are that way? Reaper takes one more step, feels a little bit of himself die inside as Reyes barks out a laugh beside him, and turns on one heel to stalk off in the opposite direction, Morrison still following behind him like a lost puppy. His hand taps out a familiar rhythm on his leg, and this time he doesn't stop it, as the colors begin to drain from the world again. Reaper vomits. He leans over a toilet and heaves again, unable to control the roiling mass that is his stomach. He could compare it to the nanites when they swarmed, but eventually they submitted to his will. He isn't having much luck controlling anything he thinks, as he heaves another mouthful of unpleasantness out of his body. His skin feels as if it's on fire, and his bones are ice cold. Every few minutes, his body decides to switch from intense shivers that rack his frame to dripping sweat. The vomit smells disgusting, and his left arm hurts. Needle puncture scars dot the vein at his elbow. Ugh. I really don't miss this. Reyes sits on the floor beside him, leaning against the wall. The tiny bathroom seems far too cramped with two people in here. How are you doing, buddy? Let it all out. It helps in the long run. Reaper manages a grunt before he leans over the toilet and dry heaves, not thinking of very much at all other than how much he 
hates this body. And yet, it is still so much better than having to constantly hold himself together. He would take this body over the old one any day, even if it came with sarcastic ghosts that were adamant on haunting him throughout time. Reaper flicks his eyes across to the ghost, but Reyes has his eyes closed, almost as though he is sleeping. There is a soft knock on the door. Hey, are you all right? Morrison's voice is muffled. In answer, Reaper heaves over the toilet again. He's like that for another few minutes. Then the nauseousness subsides a little, and he just shivers on the floor of the tiny bathroom. He's exhausted. Reaper is. Not just this body, but him. He wants to sleep, wants to lie down and sleep. He's never slept before, and he wants to sleep. Slowly, the shivering begins to subside, and he just deals with each wave as it comes. The door to the bathroom slides open. Two hands heave him up into a sitting position. Reaper lets them. He can't be bothered to fight back, and he sags into the arms. One hand picks up something and puts an object in his hand. A glass of water. What is he supposed to do with that? Drink, Morrison says from behind him. Reaper looks in confusion at Reyes. The ghost gets it, though, and motions what to do, tipping his hand up near his mouth. Oh, right. Reaper had seen humans do that. He tips the liquid up and into his mouth. The first sip catches on his throat and he almost chokes, but after that he realizes how good this stuff is. The rest of the glass is chugged down. He almost heaves it right back up again, braces himself against it, muscles bunching up and tightening as he curls himself over and groans. He feels the hand on his back clench a little in anticipation, but then his stomach settles, and he slowly relaxes each muscle as the fit subsides. Do you think you can make it back to bed? Morrison asks. Bed? How far was the bed? Reaper doesn't even feel like he can move. Besides, the bathroom floor was kind of comfortable. Trust me, the bed is far more comfortable. Reyes says from beside him. He has a tiny smile on his face. Trust him. Reaper doesn't trust him. Reaper doesn't even know if he's real or some kind of malfunction in his systems. He would prefer it if Reyes was a malfunction, perhaps a split personality his faulty processors are using as a coping mechanism. But he's falling through time. He's broken. His body is nothing like what he's used to. He doesn't have a body. He has a mind. He exists. He's not sure he wants to. But there's no denying he does. He doesn't know who he is, what he is. It all swirls around and around. 
Thoughts tumbling over one another as he spirals further down through the floor and into the dark. Come on. Hands grasp under his arms, and he feels himself being lifted from the white, tiled floor. One of his arms is placed around a neck. Blonde hair. Pretty. His eyes don't leave Morrison's neck. Reaper manages to get his leg muscles to take some of the weight as Morrison half-drags him through the bathroom door and into a small living space. There are two separate single beds on either side of the room. Morrison directs him towards the one with the twisted blankets hanging over the sides and spilling onto the floor. He falls out of Morrison's arms and onto the bed. You're right, he mumbles into the soft pillow. The bed is more comfortable. Reyes snorts. <laughs> of course I'm right. Sleep well. You'll need it. Darkness encroaches on his eyes as they droop close. His body shivers a final time as Morrison gently drapes the blankets over him. He hears covers from the other side of the room being pulled back and then the sound of a body impacting another bed. Thanks. The word slips out of his mouth before he can stop it. That is what people say, right? He can't remember. Doesn't rightly know. It seems like a human thing. Strange. He had never been a human, though. The darkness takes over him, fogs over his mind like nanite smoke. This was different, though. No pain. Just darkness. Reaper sleeps. It's not just a human thing, you know? Reyes's face is uncomfortably close to his. Their noses almost touch, and Reaper waves his arm sleepily in front of his face to try and swat the ghost away. It goes right through Reyes, the ghost not phased in the slightest. Wait. Sleep? Did... Did... He really go to sleep? He's in the same room. The bed opposite him is empty, its covers meticulously made. It's the same room from the last memory. Time, whatever this bullshit he was being dragged through was. Yes, you did. Congratulations. First time you've ever slept, right? Reyes sits on the bed next to him, his legs crossed. There isn't enough space for him, but he somehow makes it work with his ghostly metaphysics. His mind slowly drags itself through a smoky haze of sleep in an effort to become alert. What's not a human thing? He backtracks the conversation a little. Manners, Reyes gives Reaper a wolfish grin that makes him want to punch the ghost in the teeth. Wait. Something clicks into place and he 
blinks. You can hear my thoughts. The words taste like acid in his mouth, burning as they exit like bile from last night. The ghost could read his mind. Why does this come as a surprise to him? And why does he immediately hate the very idea of a ghost being able to hear every single thought of his? Probably because it's a gross invasion of privacy or something. Rhea's deadpans. This time, Reaper really does take a swing at the ghost, but his hand connects to the wall behind him with a crack. The sudden movement also makes it feel as if he'd just punched himself in the face. He groans. Hmm. The morning after injections. What a time to be alive. Die, please. Reaper mumbles into his hands as he drags them down his face. Ghosts should stay dead. They were less annoying if they didn't talk all the time. Already did. Now you're stuck with me. And you better move, or you'll miss breakfast. I can't remember if Morrison likes me enough yet to save me some. Breakfast. Reaper's stomach rumbles, and he feels something gnawing at it. Hunger. Right. Much different to the frantic itching of nanites when they get starved of energy and begin to try and cannibalize themselves. He much prefers the hunger of a living body. He heaves himself out of bed and clutches his head for a moment as he waits for the world to settle down. I wonder why we're stuck in this bit of time. Reyes walks around the small room, picking through the various bits and pieces scattered on the floor, mostly on Reyes's side. He eventually pauses and leans over Morrison's bedside table to read the title of a stack of paperback books, a small smile curling on his lips. Reaper shrugs and pulls back the covers. He blinks, realizes he's shirtless, and only has a pair of boxers on. No, oh, yeah, you took off most of your clothes last night when you were a shivering mess on the bathroom floor. Jack's face was a sight to behold when he finally had enough courage to open the door. Reaper takes a deep breath holds it, lets it out, clothing. What do I wear? Reyes turns on him and smirks. Sorry, do you need my help getting dressed? I thought the walking Hot Topic clearance rack would know a thing or two about fashion. Since Reaper knows he can't throttle the ghost, he settles for the mental image instead and glares at Reyes. The ghost's smile only grows wider. PT in the afternoon, but the morning is free recovery time, so sweats are fine. In that drawer. He points under the bed. Reaper opens it to find a hoodie and sweatpants. SEP stamped in bold white lettering on both of them. 
Reaper pulls them on while Reyes keeps talking. The second batch of injections is this afternoon, and that's when Jack will be going, so be ready to deal with his mess when you get back. If we're still here, Reaper replied, almost praying for time to take him away from this place. He still feels like shit and he had to deal with Morrison, surely it would just be easier to fall back through time again. Be careful what you wish for. SCP is a shit show, but the crisis is even worse. Reaper sighs. He would take killing Omnix over having breakfast with Jack Morrison any day. He grits his teeth, just realizing that Reyes has read his mind again. Why couldn't he read Reyes's back? Reyes laughs, wheezing as if he's just heard the funniest joke in the world. Reaper waits, feeling increasingly like he should be embarrassed about something. Reyes only laughs harder. When the cackling finally subsides, Reyes looks at him. Reaper has seen that look before. Pity. Because, cabron, you never bothered to listen. Reyes doesn't give Reaper time to reply and heads for the door. Come on, cafeteria is this way. He walks through the closed door and waits in the hallway for a moment before taking off again, Reaper unable to do anything but trail behind him. And what did he make of that? Listen? He hadn't even known Reyes had survived until they had both fallen through time. Mmm, that's a lie. Reyes glances back at him and rolls his eyes. If you actually had the balls to contemplate your own existence, Reaper tunes him out. Just because he hadn't bothered to listen to him in the past doesn't mean he has to start now. Besides, it might be even more unbearable to have Reyes's thoughts crowding his mind. He looks around at the passing grooms with little interest. The place seems like every other secret military base he'd been to. Clean hallways, each indistinguishable from the next, except for the signs at the ends. Medical to the left, cafeteria and yard to the right. The ghost, eventually, leads him through into a subdued hall of soldiers. Some nurse their heads, while the rest either talk quietly or sit alone with haggard expressions. I forgot how many were lost after the first round. Reyes speaks from beside him, grimacing as he looks at the missing seats. Reaper just shrugs and moves to pick up a tray and load it with breakfast food. Reyes points out the things he likes, and Reaper decides it's too much effort to pick different items just to spite him. His head still throbs with every slight movement he makes. At least the pain in his knuckles has dulled. Don't forget the synthetic coffee. It'll make the headache better, says Reyes. It tastes like shit, and they only have it here because it's uncaffeinated, but it'll also be the only thing available for the next ten years after the crisis, so you may as well get used to it now. Reaper eyes him for a moment, 
but takes his word for it and fills up a mug with the black liquid. It smells good. He's never tried consuming liquids before on account of the whole mouth situation he is used to dealing with. His eyes widen a little as he realizes he can taste things now. This will be the first time he tries food. This is going to be fun, mutters Reyes from beside him. He tries not to pay the ghost any mind, but out of the corner of his eye sees a smile pulling at Reyes's lips. Reaper faces the room, trying to figure out where to sit, and spots a flash of blonde waving frantically at him. Morrison has a spare seat beside him at a table with four other recruits at it. Two of them clutch their heads. He looks elsewhere, trying to gauge where the furthest seat away from Morrison is. His own face blocks the view. Reaper leans around Reyes's head. Reyes doesn't let him. The ghost pushes right up into his face and clicks his fingers. Reaper. Reaper blinks. That's the first time Reyes has said his name. He doesn't like it. But the ghost pays him no mind. You are going to be stuck with Jack for the next twenty fucking years. You might not have to live through them all, pending wherever this shitty time travel takes us, but you may as well get used to the idea that Jack is a constant feature that isn't going to go away. Not unless Reaper kills him. Reyes just rolls his eyes. Sit your ass down beside him. Now. He points at Jack and makes a face, like Reaper is just some petulant child having a tantrum. Reaper stares at the ghost. Reyes just hardens his expression and keeps pointing. The chair scrapes loudly against the cheap linoleum flooring as Reaper pulls it out and sits down. He steadfastly ignores Jack's visibly brighter face and the rest of the table as he tries to figure out what to eat first. He picks up the fork and goes for the pile of steaming yellow stuff. Eggs, Reyes supplies. He sniffs them first, trying to figure out what they smell like. They smell like eggs. Reyes looks at him thoughtfully. Just eat them. Most of the food here was shit, but the breakfasts were actually good. Reaper slowly puts the fork in his mouth. His jaw almost moves on its own, like a muscle memory. He chews the eggs. He shuts his eyes, because, holy shit, they are good. Better than good. Everything about this is amazing. Reaper can feel the texture, can taste. He tastes eggs, and they're perfect. When he finishes the first bite, he opens his eyes to gather more eggs onto his fork, the next serving is halfway to his mouth before he realizes that the entire table is staring at him. Uh. 
Reaper is at a loss for words. Morrison raises an eyebrow at him. Reaper scrambles for something to say. Good eggs? Apparently, it was the right thing to say, because they all burst out laughing. <laughs> you look like you just tasted heaven, Reyes, says the soldier sitting across from him. She shakes her head. I mean, the eggs are okay, but they aren't that good. I bet the bacon is even better, says Morrison. They ran out before I got here, and they won't give out second helpings. He looks wistfully at the pile of pink meat sitting beside Reaper's eggs. Bacon. Reaper doesn't know whether he's ready to try anything else. He'd probably just embarrass himself. Not that it mattered, he tells himself quickly. He doesn't care one iota whether he ruins Reyes's social standing. You'll be pleased to know, then, that I don't have one other than prickly asshole you shouldn't cross, Reyes says from beside him as he absently taps his rhythm out on the table. And you seem to play the part pretty well. Reaper's eye twitches, and he ignores Reyes and picks up the bacon with the fork. It did smell... interesting. Hmm... Mm, better not. Without thinking, he holds it out to Morrison instead. Reaper is unprepared. He has no agency in this body. That's what he tells himself as his heart stutters to a halt at the look Morrison gives him. It's like the sun had suddenly decided to blaze to life in the middle of the cafeteria. Reaper blinks and... No, it isn't the sun... Morrison had just decided to smile with his entire face. Reyes laughs quietly. Reaper thinks he hears him say, I miss that. Aww, says Morrison, eyes twinkling. Is this because I tucked you in last night? Reaper yanks the fork back, but not before Morrison steals the bacon from the end of it and shoves it in his mouth. Reaper contemplates, stabbing him in the eye with the fork, but Morrison leaps up from his chair and backs up far enough away from the table to be out of fork-stabbing range. He holds his arms up in the I-surrender position and is clearly trying not to laugh with a mouth full of bacon as Reaper glares at him. Reyes joins the rest of the soldiers around the table as they howl with laughter. Reaper looks down at his eggs and prays for the colors to begin to drain out of them, no matter how good they are. The eggs stay yellow. Reaper picks up another forkful of eggs and shoves it in his mouth, chewing stonily, and trying not to look at Morrison as he laughs like a summer breeze. He can hear Morrison vomiting in the tiny bathroom. He lies on his bed in the dark. Reyes sits beside him, tapping his rhythm on the wall. Reaper's hand taps out the same rhythm on his chest. He's given up trying to stop it. Maybe if he just gives in to it, Reyes will get bored of trying to annoy him so much. 
He turns over the memories of the day in his mind. It hadn't been as terrible as he thought it would be, all in all. P.T. had let him test the physical limits of this body, and he had found that he quite likes the burn of muscle movement in his arms and legs when they are pushed, much better than the deep ache of dying nanites. The retching from the bathroom stops for a moment, and Reaper pauses in his thoughts, listening out. But then it starts again, and Morrison groans. It pauses again shortly after, and Reaper hears Morrison cursing quietly to himself. Reyes looks towards the bathroom, a little crease between his eyebrows. The ghost has taken to fashioning himself wearing a hoodie with the Overwatch and Blackwatch symbols emblazoned on the arms, his old uniform. When Reaper called him out on it when they were alone, he had just shrugged and said there was a reason he had worn the hoodie as a uniform for his entire tenure as the Black Watch commander. It's more comfortable than a sleeveless leather coat, he eventually spelled out. Don't knock it till you try it, he had replied, though Reaper had to admit he did like the feel of the SEP jumper, even if it was a little plain. He hasn't heard a peep from the bathroom for a good five minutes now. He should probably check whether Morrison is still alive. He waits another two minutes before he sighs and rolls off his bed, padding over to the bathroom door. He hesitates. Should he knock? Is it locked? He tries the handle and finds that it isn't locked. And because he is already halfway to opening the door, he gives in and pushes it open. He blinks at the sight that greets him. Morrison is completely naked and shivering on the white tiles. Reaper closes the door again, sucks in a deep breath, and tries to quell his heart. He can't do anything about the warmth that is spreading up his neck and to his cheeks. Reyes stares at him. I mean, I've seen his dick before. Didn't know it was going to shock you so much, though. Okay. Okay. Reaver pinches the bridge of his nose. He could just leave Morrison on the bathroom floor. That was option A. A good, solid option. What if he just went to sleep now, and the colors drained, and he fell through time again? No consequences. Young Reyes would have to deal with it. But what if the colors didn't drain away during the night? And he was stuck with Morrison for the rest of SEP. Or he died, and Reaper ends up getting the blame. And consequently, young Reyes, ergo, no existence for him. Fuck. So, option B. Reaper stalks across the room and strips Morrison's blanket from his perfectly made bed. He carries it back to the bathroom, takes a deep breath, closes his eyes, opens the door, and throws the blanket onto Morrison. <laughs> I didn't know you were such a prude. Reyes laughs from behind him. Reaper opens one eye. 
Despite the blind throw, he had managed to get good coverage. Morrison's limbs stick out of the blanket, but Reaper would fix them in a moment. Okay, part one was a success. He walks back out of the bathroom and finds Morrison's water glass on his bedside table. Back into the bathroom, and he flushes Morrison's mess down the toilet before turning to the sink and filling up the glass with water. Right. Reaper kneels down and pulls the blanket over most of Morrison's limbs. Morrison finally realizes there's a blanket, and he clutches at it, shivers racking his body. Reaper holds out the glass of water to the human disaster on the floor. Pretty sure he can't drink the water right now, Reyes says, kneeling down on the other side of Morrison. Reaper gives a long, suffering sigh. Fine. <sighs> hey, he pokes Morrison. Can you get up? Morrison just groans in response and clutches the blanket closer. Reaper waits. And waits. His thighs start to strain from the crouch, so he sits down on the white, tiled floor and waits for Morrison's shivering to slow down. Absently, he taps the rhythm on his knee. And he waits. Skin. The haggard whisper from the floor makes Reaper jerk his head up. He'd dozed for a moment. That was novel. He tried to blink the tiredness away. What? Skin feels like fire, Morrison grits out. But cold. Reaper nods. That was indeed what it had felt like the night before. Honestly, though, Morrison should stop being a baby. This was nothing compared to a billion malfunctioning nanites constantly trying to eat themselves. Need warmth. Morrison shivers violently again. It'll be warmer in your bed, Reaper offers. The tiles were cold. Can't move. Sure you can. I managed it last night. I carried you. Reaper is silent. Yes, that had happened. I'll help you then, he sighs, resigning himself to this cruel twist of fate. Morrison shivers in response, and Reaper leans over him, hands fluttering as he tries to figure out the best way to lift him up without dislodging the blanket. You have to help me, help you. Reaper says, to the lump where Morrison has hidden his face in the blanket. He looks up at his ghost, wondering if this would be a moment Reyes might dispense some kind of invaluable, if unwarranted, knowledge. The ghost has conjured himself a popcorn bowl. Reyes shoves a handful of popcorn into his mouth as he watches him deal with Morrison. Unbelievable. Don't look at me like that, Reyes says from around a mouthful of popcorn. This is the most entertained I've been in years. So he is alone in this. Fine. Fine. 
Not like he needs Reyes's help anyway. When have you ever needed my help? You're a strong, independent AI who don't need no ghost. I'm sure you can figure out how to drag naked Jack to bed without me. He eats another bit of his ghostly popcorn. Reaper's jaw clenches, and he digs his hands under Morrison's arms, heaving him upwards. Morrison puts in a bit of effort, too, and Reaper stands up with Morrison sagging against him. Morrison's teeth chatter as he clutches the blanket closer. Okay, the blanket had survived the trip up. Hopefully it would survive the trip across the room— yeah, no. Reaper accidentally steps on it as he attempts to wedge both of them through the bathroom door, and once they pop out the other side, they are one blanket down. Morrison's hands clutch at Reaper's hoodie, while Reaper attempts to look anywhere but down and stop Morrison from falling out of his arms. God, despite how skinny he still is, he is heavy. Reyes has fallen strangely silent. Reaper spares him a glance and sees that the ghost is clutching his stomach while he lies on the floor, ghost popcorn strewn around him as he shakes. Reaper would think he's having a seizure if it wasn't for the gasp he takes every now and then. Reaper steals himself and heaves Morrison forward the last few steps to his bed, where he almost throws the naked man onto the mattress. Morrison lands with a yelp and quickly curls around, clutching his legs to his chest as another bout of shivers racks his body. Reaper turns his back on Morrison as soon as he's out of his arms— he heaves a sigh and once again prays that time will take him away from this place. Time does no such thing. Meanwhile, Reyes sits slumped against the bathroom doorframe, wiping his eyes. Fuck. <laughs> that was the funniest shit I've seen in a decade. <laughs> I'm glad one of us is amused, Reaper says through his teeth. He steps over the ghost and into the bathroom again, locates the glass of water, and picks up the discarded blanket. Reyes has moved to stand over Morrison as he clutches a blanket around him. Slowly, the shivers subside. Reaper frowns in confusion at the blanket in his hands. At the same time, Reyes says, I think we have a problem. Reaper looks at the blanket Morrison is shivering under, then back to his hands. He puts the glass of water down next to the empty one on his bedside table. You threw him onto our bed. Reaper is silent for a long moment, processing the situation. When he comes up empty, he just says, I can see that. Not gonna tuck me in, Reyes. The whisper is weak from underneath the blankets. Fuck you, Morrison. 
Reaper strangles the blanket in his hands and imagines it's Morrison's stupid neck instead. It's okay. The whisper comes again, so quiet that Reaper strains to hear it. I'll still tuck you in next time. Reaper stills, takes a deep breath, two steps towards Morrison's empty bed, and he changes his mind, lying down on the thinly carpeted floor instead. He pulls Morrison's blanket over himself and turns his back on the naked man, sleeping in his bed. Reyes sits beside him. The ghost wears a quiet smile and for once doesn't say anything, just taps his rhythm gently on his knee. Reaper just lets the darkness of sleep take him. Hey. The whisper comes out of the dark, and Reaper rolls over on the hard floor. He blinks, trying to remember where he is and what is happening. Three things become apparent. One, no pain. Good, there is still no pain. Two, he's lying on the floor. Three, he has a blanket. Last night comes flooding back, and Reaper bolts upright, flinging the blanket away from himself like it is some kind of venomous snake. There's a click, and his bedside lamp blazes to life, lighting the room. Reaper looks around, startled, and straight into a pair of wide blue eyes. Morrison stares at him, with something akin to horror on his face. Why am I in your bed, Reyes? Reaper blinks. He looks to the bathroom and opens his mouth. Why am I naked in your bed? Reaper chokes on what he was about to say. He can feel his face heating up as he comes to a horrific realization of what it must look like. I... He feels a sharp whine in his ears. Had time come to take him away? Save him from this nightmare? No. It hadn't. It was just a horrendous sense of panic. I... We... Nothing. He stammers, mouth suddenly dry. Nothing happened. You know how this looks, right? Morrison's own face is flushed, eyes wide. You took off all your clothes in the bathroom, Reaper yells at him. Was Morrison blaming this on him? At least when he had passed out, he'd had the decency to leave his fucking boxers on. You mean we started this in the bathroom? Reaper opens his mouth. Nothing comes out. He shakes his head in silent denial of what Morrison is insinuating. Morrison stares at him for a moment longer before he grins. It's that full-faced grin, the dazzling one, that demands attention. I'm just fucking with you, Reyes. I remember what happened last night. He slumps back down onto Reaper's pillow and wheezes out a laugh before he clutches his head and groans. Reaper stares. He sits and stares. 
The faint panic slowly bubbles into anger, and he is about to launch himself at Morrison and strangle him for good when Reyes shows up in front of Reaper. Oh, you sweet summer child. Reyes pats the side of Reaper's face with his hand. He got you good. Also, might want to rethink strangling him, seeing as he's still naked in your bed. I wonder what that'll look like. The ghost raises his eyebrows. Fuck you, Reaper says to both Morrison and Reyes. He gets off the floor, wincing at the stiffness in his back. He rolls his shoulders and stretches, hoodie pulling up as he puts his arms above his head. Out of the corner of his eye, he sees Morrison become suddenly very interested in something on the ceiling. Reaper chews on the inside of his cheek. His stomach rumbles, distracting him. Breakfast. Right. Maybe he could try bacon this morning. Hey, Reyes, Morrison calls out from behind him. Reaper pauses at the door, but he doesn't turn around. Thanks, Morrison says it softly, like it actually meant something to him. Reaper huffs out a breath. He didn't do it for thanks. He did it because he doesn't want time to fuck over his existence or something. Reyes raises an eyebrow at him from the hallway. Even I'm unconvinced by that attempt at rationalization. Reaper sits at the breakfast table, absently tapping his fork against his empty tray, while one of the soldiers from yesterday recounts her horrid night. Reaper feels like butting in and mentioning that it can't have been worse than his, but then he'd probably have to deal with questions about Morrison being naked. Instead, he tries to remember the taste of the bacon. Even better than the eggs, somehow. Beside him, Reyes perks up a little and points at Morrison as he enters the room. The man has bags under his eyes, and he looks like shit, but his blue eyes sparkle all the same when they meet Reapers from across the room. Reaper frowns at him. Morrison grins back. Sorry, do you two want to get a room? Reyes wiggles his eyebrows at him. Since Reaper can't answer out loud, he settles for an image of himself punching Reyes in the face. He's saved from the ghost's smug grin when Morrison slides into the empty seat Reyes occupies. The ghost moves one chair over, leaving Reaper to stare at the enormous pile of food on Morrison's tray. Fucking starving, says Morrison through a mouthful of beans. Did you have a fun night vomiting up your guts last night, Morrison? asks the soldier from yesterday. Reaper thinks her name is O'Neill. The vomiting wasn't the fun part, says Morrison, pointing his fork at her. The fun part was Reyes dragging me through the room and accidentally throwing me on his bed. Reaper leans his head into his hands. Right, 
So he was just going to have to live through this hell. Aww, says O'Neill. And did he tuck you in as well? Reaper picks up his fork, readying it into stab position as he turns to Morrison. He freezes when Morrison just smiles at him and holds out his own fork, loaded with a piece of bacon. Nah, he says, blue eyes sparkling mischievously. But I'll still give him my bacon. Reaper looks at the peace offering. He grinds his teeth, knowing he should just refuse it. But the bacon is good. Really good. So he takes it, and he eats it, and as the colors drain from the world, and as Reaper begins to fall, he wonders if it was worth it. Of course it was. Bacon is delicious. Reyes taps his metal bars as they fall through the white wasteland. Reaper ignores him and hopes that wherever they end up next, it doesn't have Jack Morrison in it. The colors drain back in and he vomits into a toilet. His muscles are bigger. He feels like shit. And all he can think is, not again. SCP passes like that, in and out of time, Reaper and Reyes fall. Three more times, Reaper ends up vomiting in that tiny bathroom, feeling like his skin is simultaneously being set on fire and bathed in a glacier, and three more times he offers Morrison his bacon the morning after in thanks for dragging him to bed and making sure he went to sleep. He does the same for Morrison, and receives bacon in return. He never tucks him in, though. And he doesn't make the same mistake as he did that first time. Morrison stays on his side of the room. Neither of them mention their little bacon economy, and Reaper likes it that way. It means he doesn't have to think about the fact that he is accepting something from his greatest enemy. But he takes it anyway. And when he does... The colors drain away again, and he starts to fall. Time speeds up, or perhaps their falling does, in and out of time. As they fall, Reyes tells him that the SEP program was about 15 months long, and a chunk of it was spent in medical, so Reaper should be thankful he doesn't have to live through that. They begin to flash through time again, not landing in Reyes's body for long enough to take control, just to witness a single moment. Weapon training. He's aiming down the scope of a rifle at a dummy target half a kilometer away. His eyes can see every detail. He pulls the trigger and the target rocks backwards. Hand-to-hand -hand combat. Gabriel punches Morrison in the face. Reaper is almost disappointed he's not in control, as he also feels deep satisfaction at watching Morrison's face rock backwards. He also winces. Morrison looks down at him and raises an eyebrow. You can call me Jack, you know. Gabriel tilts his head and gives Jack a wry smile. I know. Can I call you Gabriel? asks Jack. 
He looks nervous. And Gabriel Reaper. Reyes shakes his head at this blonde idiot. They sit in the mess hall, watching the news. A reporter urgently speaks over grainy footage of a burning building, gunfire in the background. An omnium in Russia has reactivated. It's AI. Gone rogue. He yells orders at his squad. They listen. Neutralize the threat. They are the fastest team in SEP. He trains them even harder. Morrison smiles at him from across the room, and it makes his heart stutter. Fuck. The single word echoes through his head as he smiles back. Last round of injections. Jack tucks him in that night. And the next day, Jack goes for his. He sits at the breakfast table alone, pushing around the uneaten bacon on the tray. For the first time in a long time, he is scared. And it's because Jack isn't here. Jack looks haggard as he stumbles into their shared room. His skin is pasty and he shivers as he falls through the door. Jack! Hey! Hey! Reaper hears himself say as he moves towards Jack, just managing to catch him as he falls. He lies shivering in Gabriel's arms. They released me. Tori didn't make it. Neither did Yusuf. Jack's voice is barely a whisper, but he's alive. The last round of injections had wiped another quarter of the soldiers out. Not many left. But Jack is alive. And Gabriel? No. Reaper. He drags Jack to bed and pulls the blanket over him. Oh. Jack's eyes look strangely vulnerable as he stares up into Reaper's face. You tucked me in. Reaper tries not to feel the tiny smile tug at his mouth as he turns away. Something catches his wrist, and he looks down at Jack's hand. Stay, please. Jack looks completely out of it, but he's still holding on to his hand. So Reaper shrugs and sits down on the floor, leaning against Jack's bed. He nods off to the sound of Jack's soft breathing. More omniums have activated. The U.S. government has issued a crisis emergency. Millions are being evacuated. The rest are being slaughtered by rogue omnics. He sits with the senior officers and other SEP squad leaders, and they outline a plan. The officers are waiting for clearance to send out SEP soldiers to try and stop the omnics. He shakes his head. They didn't stand a chance. There were so many, so many. Neil's lungs get shredded by a bastion turret. She chokes blood onto him as she tries to tell him to leave her behind. She dies. And he does. He sits with Jack in an empty cafeteria. It's 3 a.m. and neither of them can sleep. Jack stares at his hands as they shake. Gabriel stares at nothing. Makes a vow to himself that it won't happen again. No one left behind. When he finishes his silent mantra, a promise to himself and the future. He looks up to meet Jack's eyes, wonders what it would be like to kiss him. The L.A. Omnium goes rogue. Reaper falls in and out of Reyes's life for three days. Snatches of moments. Through it all, the void inside has opened again. At any moment, he might slip as he waits for the news.
Jack holds him as he waits. He doesn't say anything, just holds on. The pit inside yawns wide. Gabriel clutches at Jack to stop himself from tumbling over the edge. He gets the call. She made it out. His sister is alive. The SCP training program is officially shutting down. The government doesn't have enough resources to continue it. They are the first and last super soldiers. The global economy has gone to shit. Millions are dead. Food is rationed. Status. Awaiting orders. The base is in blackout. The floodlights off. And Gabriel Reaper. Reaper lies on the cool concrete roof of a building, staring out at the millions of stars, billions of them twinkling bright, each one trying to outshine the others. Jack lies next to him, almost close enough to touch, but they don't. Reyes lies next to Reaper, absently tapping his rhythm out on the roof. It doesn't take long before Reaper joins in his finger moving on its own accord to follow in time, tapping, tapping, tapping his chest. What's that? Jack's voice is quiet from beside him. Reaper turns from the stars to see them reflected in Jack's midnight eyes. It's almost like time stands still just for a moment. He falls into those endless blue depths. What's what? Reaper asks when he finally stops the strange freefall. Jack turns back to the stars. The tapping. Reaper's hand stills. You're... it's strange. And, like, don't take this the wrong way, but you're different when you tap it. Reaper curls his hand into a fist. Not in a bad way or anything, Jack says quickly. But it's just... I wanted to ask whether you were okay. I... Reaper begins that sentence and immediately stalls, not really knowing what to say to that, or how to respond. He looks around for Reyes, wondering whether the ghost was going to butt in with an inappropriate comment or a bad joke. has been more than five minutes since Reyes last spoke to him, a suspiciously long time for the troublesome ghost. He's alone. Reyes is gone. Reaper is on the roof with Jack. Alone. He frowns because he should be feeling something akin to relief or even joy, but he just feels empty, strange. Gabriel. Jack says the name softly, like it is a forbidden thing that he is broaching for the first time. It brings Reaper's attention back to the question, demands his attention. Is he okay? Reaper honestly has no idea. He's never bothered to ask himself that before. He's never bothered to ask a lot of things. Perhaps that's where it all went wrong. What does it take to question the world? What would you do? Reaper says abruptly. If you could change your fate, but every choice, every chance that is given to you might lead to your own 
an existence. Here's Jack's head turned to him, his body shifting on the roof, but Reaper pays him no mind, just stares at the stars while Jack stares at him. A tiny part of him asks, why hasn't he just killed Jack yet? Why does Reaper tolerate him? They were mortal enemies, aren't they? I would wonder, Jack chews thoroughly on his words before he says them, why I would want to change my fate. Would I want to change it because I did something wrong? Or someone important died and I could have stopped it? He pauses and waits to see if Reaper interjects. When he doesn't, Jack continues subdued. I don't know whether I could use that chance, even if it meant I or someone important to me was gone forever. I think we have to live with ourselves. What if you could change whether you ever existed in the first place? He repeats. This time Jack sits up to look at him. When he lies back down again, he has closed the gap between them, his shoulder pushed up against Reaper's, a warmth amongst the chill night. Reaper doesn't move away. I would ask why you want to stop existing. Reaper stares at the space between the stars. Why does he want to die? Existence hurts. Reaper begins to tap his ghost's rhythm again. Somehow the absence of it is more unsettling than the constant noise, as if he were more alone without his ghost continually tapping it. Why does he want to live? Jack snorts. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's just life in general, though. I mean, I could spout some high school level philosophical bullshit about validating existence, but at the end of the day, life just is. We move through it and make choices and fuck up. The world is fucked. Everything is fucked. But I don't think I would ever want to stop existing. We are all valid, and we all make choices to validate our existence. What if we don't have a choice? What if fate is set, and we're all just hurtling towards an inevitable conclusion? Reaper wonders. Does he truly have a choice to end it? He had been too much of a coward to jump off that building. But is he strong enough to face what is waiting for him again at the end of all of this? Dude, I didn't really expect existential nihilism tonight. Jack stares at him again. I mean, we're all going to die, if that's what you mean. You've told me that before. That's just how it is. I think the choices we make during life are what determines our fate. We just need to try and be good people. Make good choices. When Reaper doesn't say anything. Jack sighs. I used to think that it was inevitable that I would inherit the farm and live in bumfuck Indiana for the rest of my life. I made a choice to change that, much to my family's disappointment. 
There was no way in hell I was going to spend the rest of my life farming fucking corn. Reaper snorts. A corn farmer. If Jack had just been a corn farmer, none of this would have happened. No, that's not true. Was it strictly anyone's fault or choice or fate that he ended up here on a roof 30 years in the past and talking to his mortal enemy like he was a friend? Why didn't you stay? he asks. What? Aside from getting away from the excitement of farming corn for the rest of my life? Jack pauses, is quiet for a moment. I guess I just wanted to be better. Do better. Help people. Seems kind of naive of me to think that I could ever achieve something like that in this fucked up world. I guess the way I see it is that every moment I make a choice to stay here is a moment I can use to help someone. You think you can save the world? Reaper almost laughs. It doesn't matter that it actually ends up happening, just that it does sound hopelessly optimistic. No, I think we can save it. Together. Reaper blinks. And suddenly he sees them. A million billion threads. People's choices, woven and torn, cut and made. All throughout history, life, time. They weave themselves together, make themselves, tear themselves apart. They create, die, unmake. They forget. They remember. And through it all, life simply goes on. Time moves forward. Billions of people forge themselves through the choices they make. I'm sure you would have made a pretty good corn farmer. Reaper mutters, eventually. I'm a better soldier. Reaper taps out his rhythm. Who was he, really? What choices had he ever made? His hand comes to a juttering halt. Silence pervades the space on the roof. He hears nothing, except the slow huff of Jack's breath. He looks up into the stars and finds them bleeding. The tiny dots of white growing larger and larger, filling up the dark spaces in between like ink in water. They eat the darkness away. Reaper looks at Jack. Jack looks back and raises an eyebrow. There's something there in the way he is looking at him, at Reaper as though he sees him. I'm not okay, he says, as he begins to fall. End of chapter three.